And welcome to a new episode of The Simpsons Did It. I'm your host, Stephen Skolansky. And I'm your co-host, Robert Skolansky. And this week, let's go to the mall. Let's go to the mall today. That's right. There's a new mall being built in the town of Springfield. That I don't think we'll ever see again after this episode. I know. We'll have to put a <laughs> put a pit in that. And see, maybe they're moving all the shops from the old Springfield Mall over to this mall. Maybe. Oh, we, so. we'll, we'll probably get the name of we'll get the name of it. Kind of put yeah. it in our memory banks. We'll we'll remember if we ever see it again. Yeah. But uh I don't think I've ever been in a town watching a mall get built. I've seen malls parts get remodeled. Oh, but yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a mall get built from the ground up. No, I mean because here in Green Bay, the east side, it was, it is technically a mall because there are, there used to be stores in it. And then like, because there was like a Radio Shack and a discount movie theater, which I'm a little pissed that doesn't exist anymore. Um, but like for the longest time, that strip mall was dead. There was a Shopco attached to it. And finally somebody bought up the, the you know, surrounding, not the surrounding area, but like that whole like strip. And it's just been building it up. There's a Ross now, a Marshalls, uh, a Power, or not a Power Fitness, um, Planet Fitness. Um, they've just they've just put, uh, there's a Five Below. So they've been building this thing back up. I, I mean, there's a Kohl's and a Hobby Lobby and a PetSmart. Those have been there for years. Uh, they haven't done anything with the Shopco yet. But, so I've kind of seen that built up. But, yeah, I mean... The mall where we grew up, that has like 10 stores left in it. Yeah, so our mall went from a bustling hotspot to a trash pile. I mean, literally, because like, I don't know the last time you've been in that mall, but like, you can tell where storefronts used to be because there are now walls there and they've like decorated the walls. Yeah. Because it's yep. not. And, but I would like, I mean, the, the mall here in Green Bay. It's pretty hustling and bustling. They've added some new stores. I'm finally getting a box lunch. Finally. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, malls, uh, I think were originally built for, like, a hangout spot and, like, one shop location. Um, the show Adam Ruins Everything, actually, I think it was Adam Ruins Everything, uh, did a really good episode on malls. So if anybody wants to check out like the rise and fall of malls, that'd be a decent episode to check out if that is what they did. Um, but uh, yeah. So um, you also get an angel this episode too, for some reason. Angels don't exist. Sure. Fair <laughs> uh, enough. We'll get, we'll get into that too. Uh, so this is season nine, episode eight, Lisa, the skeptic. I mean, she uh, was very skeptical about things. Yes, yes, she was. Uh, our air date, 11-23-97. So, right before Thanksgiving. Yep. Probably mm -hmm. uh, probably going on hiatus after this one. I mean, not yep. us, the Simpsons, no. but they're probably going to take a little Christmas break here. Uh, I would probably say, uh, I, I'm going to go with they'll take a two-week break. Sure. Uh, our recap. A skeleton is discovered in Springfield that seems to have come from an angel. <laughs> seems <Okay>. to. <laughs> that's, 
I mean, hey, that's pretty it's good. A, I'll it's say an it. accurate recap. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if they could have done a little bit more with it, but I'll give them it to them this week. Hey, uh, they, we get, they left it wide open to let yeah. keep us guessing. Yeah. So uh, we get ourselves a full intro this week. Um, I like to point out Lisa's saxophone is still purple or like yeah. purple. No, they haven't fixed that yet. Um, after nine years, um, our chalkboard gag. I will not tease Fatty. Uh, <laughs> is that Uter? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you will not tease Uter. Uh, oh, Bart. Uh, our couch gag. The family rushes into the living room wearing nothing but towels, only to find three old men in towels sitting on the couch in front of a hot rock pot, uh, a hot rock pit in the center of the floor. Uh, like their living room is a sauna. A sauna. Uh, and yep. the family, like, slowly leaves because they're like, oh, okay. You guys do what you're doing. And then one of the old men uh, ladles some water onto the hot rocks, causing them to steam. Yep. Yeah. So so a bunch of old men broke into the Simpsons' house and were like, we need a sauna. That's right. <laughs> That's the best place to do it is in the Simpsons' living room. So before I'm we sure. kick off the... Before we kick off this episode, um, the, this episode was written by David X. Cohen, um, and Cohen was inspired to write this episode after a trip to Manhattan's American Museum of Natural History. Okay. He decided to turn the visit into a business trip and think of possible episode connections to the museum. I mean, that's a good right way to write off your uh, yeah. write off your uh, ticket. Yeah. Um, he initially wanted Lisa to find a uh, quote-unquote missing link skeleton uh, and do an episode reminiscent of the Scope Monkey trial. Yeah. But they they decided instead of doing, like, evolution and, you know, science and not, you know, that, just yeah. doing a uh, conflict between religion and science instead. Yeah. I will say Futurama did a much better job of uh, an evolution episode anyways. Yeah. So they they got there eventually, just uh, not 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 through the Simpsons. So yeah. we open up with uh, Lou and Eddie. They put up a banner that says "Book Giveaway Today." Hey, since when do the police do giveaways? Uh, they don't. Oh, they don't. It looks like they're gonna give something away, maybe a boat, but it could be anything. A mystery box could be anything, <laughs> but a boat is a boat. Yeah. Um, so Wiggum tells Eddie and Lou that the sting can't miss, and Wiggum mailed out bogus prize certificates to every scofflaw in Springfield. Yep. Uh, and apparently all the criminals in Springfield are dumb as rocks. Yeah. Yes, they are. Well, I mean, a boat is a boat. It is. Well, we'll get to what color Homer wants. Yes. Um, so Wiggum says that they, uh, when they show up for the motorboats, they'll arrest them. And beat them to the fullest extent of the law. Um, that's not really, oh, uh, I guess I can't really say you can't beat somebody. <laughs> but, yeah. Not if they yeah. turn themselves, well, I guess they're not turning themselves in, but if they, they come are, under though. their, yeah, but if they come under their own free will, I don't think you need to beat them. You just no. need to cuff them. No. And uh, Eddie says the hook is baited and uh, Lou compliments <laughs> him on the metaphor. Because <laughs> it's a fishing boat. Yeah. I like it. And Wiggum also tells Eddie good work. Good work, Eddie. Yeah. And so Homer and the family drive to the police station singing about being in his motorboat. 
I like how Homer had to take the entire family yeah. to get the boat. I mean, they were excited. They thought they were winning a boat. Yeah. And, you know, Bart tells Homer they didn't enter any police raffle. <laughs> um, Bart's yeah. thinking on this one. Yeah, Bart's skeptical. Yep. Yeah. Not Bart the skeptic, Robert, nope. this week. It's Lisa the skeptic. But okay. Oh. <laughs> Bart, Bart can be a little bit skeptical, I guess. Yeah. So Homer says, that doesn't matter. The important thing is that I won. <laughs> Have you ever won something that you didn't enter? Um, no, but I did. I know you've won a, a quite a few things. I think we've probably talked about them on the show. Uh, yeah. Back in like 2010, 2011, uh, I had gone to a Brewers game and I filled out like a thing for like, a you know, to win a cruise. And I had actually, I did win. The catch was though. I needed to bring somebody else with to get the cruise. That's weird. And it had to be like, and it wasn't, I think it was like, it had to be like a significant other. That's it was weird. even weirder. It I was think weird. I think there was a sting operation, Robert. Maybe. Don't, don't, I, fall, I think I, don't fall well, I think it. I avoided a, a sting operation. Perfect. Um, so Marge <laughs> is unsure and she says, there's something peculiar about this. Yeah. And uh, Homer's like, sheesh, you're the most paranoid family I've ever been affiliated with. <laughs> <laughs> He's been affiliated with a couple families, apparently. Yeah. Yes, he has. I, I love the fact that this episode opens with skepticism. I love yes. it. Like, I love yeah. the fact that this episode just drops the bomb like right there. Like, hey, we're yeah. starting off. Kind of laying the groundwork for people being skeptical. I love it. Yeah. Um. So Homer goes into the police station and cuts in front of Snake. <laughs> <laughs> like I would like a yellow boat with extra motors. <laughs> <laughs> and Snake pushes Homer out of the way and tells him, "Hey, no cuts." And Snake asks uh, where his motorboat is, and you know calls Wiggum a pig. Yeah. Hey, pig, where's my motorboat? Yeah. And it's like. Right through that door. And it's marked boat room. <laughs> and he giggles. Yeah, it's like, right there. <laughs> You're about to get beat. Yep. <laughs> and uh, Snake walks through the quote unquote boat room door and is immediately handcuffed and beaten while the door remains, you know, slightly open. So clearly Homer can like look and see what's happening. Yeah, he doesn't care though. He wants his boat. <laughs> yeah. And Snake says he calls brutality on the police. <laughs> Which, yeah, call... you're already in cuffs. Yeah. There's no reason to beat him. Although it's yeah. Snake. He's probably done some shit to the police, too, so. Yeah. And so uh, Luz uh, starts reading Snake his rights, and Wiggum shuts the door before Homer can see what's going on. Yeah. But, like, I feel like if Homer saw Snake being handcuffed and beaten, and the fact that Snake even asked where his motorboat was, like... I feel like anybody in that situation was like, you know what? I'm going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> not Homer. He, not Homer, Homer. he th still thinks he's getting his boat. Yeah. Wiggum, Wiggum calls out Homer's name. He's like, Simpson, Homer, uh, you're next. And Homer's like, woohoo, because he thinks he's getting his boat. Yep. Um, and so Wiggum walks Homer into the quote unquote boat room. Um, and. Uh, Homer goes, howdy, gents. I'm here to collect my free. And officers Lou and Eddie grab Homer and twist his arm behind his back. And Homer's like, ow, 
Oh, my boating arm. What's going on? And Wiggum's like, you're under arrest, slime bag. What's this perpin <laughs> for, Lou? And Lou's like, uh, 235 unpaid parking tickets totaling $175. So I did the <laughs> math on this. That comes out about 75 cents per ticket. Man, I want parking tickets back then. No shit. I mean, I'd park, I'd park illegally all the time if all I had to pay was 75 cents. Yeah. And also, I didn't Homer just pay those off right away. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, if I got a bill in the mail or a ticket on my windshield, it's like, bad parking, 75 cents, I'd be like... Here's here's three quarters. Here's a buck. Keep the quarter. Yeah, right? And Wiggum uh, goes, hey, hope you brought your checkbook, wise guy. And Homer starts writing a check. And Homer muttering to himself, oh, lousy cops, lucky for you, I'm a du- I'm double parked a ride. And there, <laughs> and he hands over the check. Homer's like, now, can I please have my motorboat? <laughs> God, well, Homer. Well, Homer just assumed, hey, if I pay my fines, I'll, I get still get my motorboat. Uh, so now, Homer is <laughs> driving everybody home. Bart's like, Dad, why aren't you sing- saying anything? Where's their motorboat? Homer's like, I didn't like it. The mast had termites. Lisa's like, why would a motorboat have a mast? And Homer's like, because the thingy was, shut up! up. (laughs) I love that. Uh, Oh, that's great. So now, uh, the Simpsons have stopped at a red light, and Marge points out uh, that the new mall that is being built at the side of the road. So this is kind of like, so here's the thing. Where is this mall? Because we'll see later in the episode, it seems like it's close to the courthouse. But yeah, like, maybe it's like outskirts of town, like maybe like uh, maybe by the Springfield sign area. I don't know what's over there. But isn't the court? But isn't the the isn't the courtroom in the middle of town? Yeah, in the in that square, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. I don't know. It's, it's ever changing. Like the, the the layout of Springfield is magical in this episode. <laughs> and uh Marge continues and says the air conditioner will be more powerful than a million hydrogen bombs. So you're gonna <laughs> die in that mall? Yeah, pretty much. Jeez. Elise goes, Hey, they can't just build a parking lot on Sabretooth Meadow. That's where they discovered all those fossils. And Homer's like Fossils, schmossels. <laughs> you can't stop progress because of some moldy old bones. Bones, schmones. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, th- I mean, technically, um, I think they, I mean, I think they do get a little bit, I mean, they obviously do get into the legality a little bit, but I'm pretty sure if there are fossils found in a land, it's then considered federal land and you need a special permit i mean they don't really talk about that but like like you're not allowed to build on federal land if you're a local municipality okay so i'd assume that the people building this mall would have to get special permission and i'm sure they did but i mean we we talk we they talk about it they did a land survey and and everything so yeah yeah, but that doesn't mean there aren't more fossils in there. No. Um, Always so could Lisa's... be more fossils. Yeah. So Lisa says they might be paving over some rare specimens. Lisa asks Homer to pull over so they can complain. 
And Homer just keeps driving and Lisa's like, who wants to complain with me? And no one answers. Like, they all just stay silent. And she's like, fine, I'll come back later. Who wants to come back with me later? <laughs> and again, no, nobody's <laughs> responding. No, nope. you know, Lisa's kind of like a, a, a nosy Nelly. Yeah. Um, so oh, Lisa, yeah. She, you know, she wants to get back. involved. Yes. Well, I mean, there's rare fossils involved. I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, so Lisa goes back to the construction site and brings Lionel Hutz with her as her attorney. I thought Lisa was smarter than that. Maybe he's the only attorney that's available. She can't afford the blue-haired lawyers. That's that's true. So, Lisa tells the people running the site that Hutz will call to their attention Municipal Code 147C, which is the Protection of Antiquities and Fossils. And uh, Hutz is like, that's right. And he pats his briefcase, only for the briefcase to open, and all he has in there is a partially <laughs> eaten sandwich and an apple core. Which kind of like rolls down a little bit after he opens yeah. it. That's some great animation. Uh, and one of the suits tells Lisa there aren't any fossils at the site, and the museum folks have dug everything up years prior, which is a possibility. I mean, yeah. Well, at least they did. They did their due diligence. You would think. Um, and Lisa asks, "What? What? What about if they miss something?" Uh, and Lisa says they have to allow an archaeological survey. So. Uh, one of the suits asks who is going to make them and they ask if Lisa is going to make them and the suits laugh. They're like, ha ha, you can't do anything. And Hutz joins in and the suits just kind of stop while they know he's fake. Like he's fake. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. he's not a real, well, he's a real lawyer, he but yeah, he's he like, yeah. So the other suit tells Sid uh, to hold on and says, maybe they should let the kid dig because it would be good publicity. Yep. Yeah, why not? So, before we go any further, I found someone made a map of Springfield. Okay. Uh, August 8th, 2014 was when they built this map. Okay. And looking at it, everything seems to mostly be in, in its right place. And I found, like, there's actually a Springfield mall on this map. Okay. But the funny thing is, I don't, I don't see any other, any other malls. Like I don't see whatever the name of this mall is, mall is yeah. anywhere else. But the courthouse is kind of by the down hall, by that statue of uh, Jebediah Springfield, kind of in that town square. Yeah, so that's that's all in the right place. Uh, there's Where's the, the hospital, the school, courthouse is um, just north of uh town hall okay it's just on the other side of town hall and then the springfield museum is right by there okay so so i i think the person that built this actually did a fairly good job minus whatever this other mall is <laughs> like yeah i guess i'll have to figure out the name of i can't remember the name of it off the top of my head we'll get to it and maybe i'll yeah. see if i have it written on here anywhere but one other fun fact i want to mention is over by the elementary school, there is that he wrote a Pooh's apartment building on it. And oh. as we know, last week we <laughs> discussed this that oh, I thought a Pooh had a house because he had his car in the garage, and he sprayed Bart. And yeah, now I want to get to the Octuplets episode. 
I think that'll probably be the next time we see Apu and Manjula, really. Yeah. And I want to see where they're living, because I'm like... They live in an apartment. Do they? So they completely... Whoever wrote that just completely like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. He he doesn't live in a house anymore. He sold his house. Yeah. Like, I I find that absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I'm... I'm 90% sure that uh, they live in an apartment. Sure. All right. So back to the episode. So the two suits, you know, they have a sidebar. They're like, wait, actually, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. And sitting in the other suit, come back and tell Lisa that she wants to dig, then, you know, be her guest. You can do it. Yeah. And Hutz, uh, Hutz thinks he lost. And he's like, we'll see you in court. And Lisa tells Hutz, we won. We like <laughs> I did all the, I did all the work. See, Huts like we that. said, the the Huts has never lost a case for the Simpsons. Yeah, he doesn't do jack shit, <laughs> but he's never lost a case. Yeah, and so at school, Lisa goes to talk to Skinner, like Principal Skinner. Remember how I didn't sue when I found that scorpion in my applesauce? Well, I'm calling in a favor. <laughs> Where did they get their applesauce from? The Scorpion Factory. Oh, sure. So Skinner turns his chair so the lighting, you know, hits him from his window. He says, I knew this day would come. And so Principal Skinner makes an announcement to the school. And he's like, attention, all honor students will be rewarded with a trip to an archaeological dig. And Martin, Sherry, and Terry cheer. Yay! Conversely, all detention students will be punished with a trip to an archaeological dig. <laughs> and Bart Milhouse and Nelson Mutter. What, what, did, Mil- Mil- what did Milhouse do? <laughs> yeah. He was associated with a Bart prank. Probably. That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. Um. So, Miss Hoover and Miss Grapple are at the dig site. And we see the two bullies uh, that Nelson hung out with in the first season are with Nelson. Yeah. Look. They're back. Yeah. First it's time been, in uh, eight, eight, eight seasons. years. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was looking at like, cause I wanted to see who all was at, at this dig site. I'm like, hold up a second. Those are the two young bullies from uh, the war on uh, Evergreen Terrace. Yeah. Look at that. They made it, made a comeback. And this will be the last time we ever see him again. Most likely. Maybe. maybe. We'll see. We'll put a pin in it. Yeah. And uh, we'll come back to it. And so then we got uh, Jimbo and Kearney and Dolph are uh, are uh, doing a chant. Now, didn't we determine a couple episodes ago that these these guys are not in elementary school? Or at least Kearney was? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I don't know. We're, we're, at this point, the horse is dead and we're not going to kill it anymore. All right. Uh, but they have a they have a nice little... Uh, uh, jail yard chant yes. that I love. Gonna dig me a hole. Gonna, gonna dig put me a, a hole. <laughs> gonna put a nerd in it. Gonna put a nerd in it. Gonna take a firecracker. Gonna take a firecracker. And that's yeah. the end of it. <laughs> yep. And I love uh, Dolph, Jimbo, and Kearney are wearing uh, prison orange jumpsuits <laughs> uh, that say detention instead of prison. I great. love it. That's that was- fantastic. That's a good detail. Well, maybe they maybe they don't go to the elementary school. Maybe they are, they're actually in, like, I don't know, middle school or something. And they're like, hey, 
we're going on this archaeological dig and we're inviting detention students. I, I do don't you, know. Who do, you, who do you got? I don't well, think that's was, how it works. Uh, maybe not. So uh, Lisa's excited and can't uh, can't wait to see what they find. And Principal Skinner is also excited. and says, I found something. It appears to be some sort of rock. And then Skinner squeezes it and it turns out it's just a lump of dirt. <laughs> did, did you guys... So in middle school we did a project where we came up with like our own quote-unquote society and we actually went to the racine beach and did a archaeological dig for our society that we created oh no you guys didn't do that i don't remember doing that unfortunately i had to miss out because it was yom kippur and the day of the archaeological dig (laughs) i was sitting in temple uh i'll never for i'll never forget that because i made some cool little like artifacts for my civilization and so uh, someone else so it's funny the teacher had someone else bury them <laughs> and someone else it, it sucked man but yeah i got to participate in a fake archaeological dig yeah i don't cool. remember i feel like Man, like that's so long ago. I don't. I I feel like I don't remember doing that because I feel like that's something that would stick in my memory doing yeah. something like that. Uh, but I feel like I went to a museum and did like a fake archaeological dig. Yeah, at some point in my life. I mean, I I don't know. Yeah. So Skinner doesn't mind because his heart is pounding like a kettle drum. Like I need to sit down for a moment. <laughs> and so now we get Ralph. He's excited. He's like, uh, Principal Skipper, Skippable, uh, Principal Skipsker. No, he's like, dude, it's in the book. Yeah, I'm trying to read it. It's hard. It's Ralph. It's Prince Prince Skipper Skipple, uh, Prim Nickel Skipster. I found something. (laughs) How is it hard to read? It's hard to read. It's a tongue twister. (laughs) It's Ralph. (laughs) Only he can say weird shit. (laughs) You're not wrong. (laughs) And Ralph's like, it's a spearhead. And Miss Hoover's like, that's your trial blade, Ralph. It fell off the handle. And I found it! (laughs) Fucking great. Absolutely fucking great. So Lisa tells everyone to get back to work and says they never know when they'll uncover a Tyrannosaurus. And Ralph screams and runs away. (laughs) And then we probably get one of the best movie moments Mm -hmm. ever. Now, this is already the second. Second? Indiana what? Jones reference? I think so. Maybe third, well, there's I'm not the, sure. There's the pennies. There's the episode yeah. where uh, Bart steals Homer's pennies off his dresser and Homer's like the, the boulder and Bart slides yep. under the garage. Yeah, so maybe this is the second. But we get a shot silhouetting the students on the dig under the rippling sunset. And that's a visual tip to the hat of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, that's, so that's that a was, great shot. That was That was fantastic. Yeah, and so, and, and that's the scene. Um, it with when Indiana Jones and Sala free the Egyptian excavators from the Nazis, and they in turn help Indy. Yeah. Um. So yep. and to dig in the right spot. Yeah. And so Milos holds up Martin's shorts while Bart shovels dirt into them while Martin is sleeping. Yeah. So apparently Martin doesn't give a shit about this archaeological dig. I guess. Nope. No. Well, I mean they're tired. I mean they're under the hot sun. Maybe. They probably drank all their water. They haven't found anything. Martin's I know, but Lisa's, Lisa's still ready to go. 
Well, yeah, because she doesn't want to give up. All the other, all the other kids and teachers are like, Lisa, let's just go, man. We're not going <laughs> to find anything. Yep. And so Skinner comes up to Lisa and tells her that the dig was a big bust and tells the kids, let's go home to their mothers. <laughs> Skinner's going to home to his mother. Yeah. And Lisa tells the kids not to give up because she is sure they'll find something. And Lisa keeps digging and it gets on her hands and knees and just keeps digging. And then all of a sudden, a skull pops out. And she's like, everyone, come quick. So I have a and question. I, I like... How have they Whoa. not found this yet? Well, A, that. What would have <laughs> happened if Lisa was like, okay, I agree with you, Principal Skinner, and left? <laughs> None of this then, episode happens. Nope. Like, well, clearly, we knew cl- we, we knew Lisa wasn't going to give up, though. That, She's not the giving up type. But, like, here's the thing. What would what would the, like, I'll ask the question at the end of the episode. Oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Wanna... Okay, look. Look, look. So the 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 suits for them all, yeah. they're just chilling in a bush, spying on the kids. Yeah. So had Lisa just been like up and left, they would have been like, Psst, "Hey, you missed a spot over there." Oh, maybe. But then I feel not like that, Lisa... not that that would have given anything away. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like yeah, they're, they're watching. So maybe they come over and they're like, "Hey, did you find anything?" And they're like, "No." Well, did you check everywhere? And they're like, <laughs> did you check did you check in this vicinity? Maybe that would have been Lisa's cue to go, oh, okay, I haven't looked at it anywhere. But I feel like Lisa would be like, what are you up to? Well, like, that, she's skeptical. She's very yeah. skeptical. So I, I it's it's a little bit of a plot I, hole. That and I also feel like they could have like they should have dug everywhere at this point. They gritted yeah. it off. Yeah, it's I mean, you weird. would check off every grid that you you surge. Yeah, uh, but Lisa has uncovered uh, more, and some of the townspeople have shown up to watch. So, who let out the news that apparently something was going on? The suits. Oh, the suits. Oh, maybe. yeah. They got on the police scanners and were like, <laughs> "Dig site, skull found." Tell everyone. Yeah. And. uh Homer pulls up to the site and pushes the way through because, you know, he got there late. They got here late. He was okay, at work. Homer. He couldn't leave work yet. Yeah. And so now we see what Lisa found. And it looks like human remains. It looks like a normal skeleton. And Homer goes, I think this skeleton died from causes unknown. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Hibbert. Yeah. Thanks for that beautiful insight that we all could have guessed. Um... And so Lisa sees there are more bones to the skeleton jutting out from the shoulders. She's like, look, there's more. What the heck is this thing? And Dr. Herbert's like, speaking from a strictly medical point of view, that ain't right. (laughs) (laughs) God, why is everybody in this town so stupid? Uh, they drank the water from the power plant. Oh, that's fair. So uh, we see that the skeleton has wings. And Milhouse is like, Lisa, what did you find? And Lisa's like, it looks like a human. And she's like, those other bones almost look like wings. And that's like, could it be an angel? And Lisa's like, obviously that's impossible. (laughs) Which which is, I, I would say that's true because angels are supposed to be in heaven and angels don't 
die on Earth. Sure. So clearly, the that's not. I I agree with Lisa. It's obviously impossible. And so Mo comes up and yells, "Lisa's right. She found an angel." But Lisa said she didn't find an angel. That <laughs> said that, and the crowd gasps. And Homer, who is off camera, is like, "Now that's interesting." Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So um, the crowd is like murmuring and talking amongst each other while they look at the angel. And uh, Lisa's like, but it can't be an angel. Mo's like, oh no? Well, if you're so sure what it ain't, how about telling us what it am? (laughs) Mo ain't no good at English. And Lisa's she's like, well, maybe it's uh, a... a Neanderthal who got bitten by some angry fish. And we get a flashback where we see a Homer-like Neanderthal get bitten on the arms by two fish and he kind of like runs around screaming and then flops on the ground and it like he lays there and it like fades back to the angel. Hey, look, that makes way more sense than angel. Correct. I agree. And that's like, well, I gotta say, Lisa, it sounds like you're straining to do some explaining. Why does she have to explain this? Because <laughs> she was Disney. the one that wanted to find shit in the first place. <laughs> but that is it. But she's not a scientist. She's an eight-year-old little girl. Yeah, but she she wanted to do it. She wanted to find something. So she's got to explain everything. Yeah. And Wiggum's like, yeah, everyone's heard of angels, but who's ever heard of a Neanderthal? <laughs> oh, everybody, everybody knows what a Neanderthal is. And so, uh, Hibbert continues, uh, the conversation and Lisa's just like, it could be a mutant from the nuclear plant. And Mr. Burns is like, <laughs> oh, fiddle faddle. Everyone knows our mutants have flippers. Oops. I've said too much. Smithers, use the amnesia ray. And Mr. Smithers is like, you mean the revolver, sir? And Burns is like, precisely. Be sure to wipe your own memory when memory clear when you're finished. So oh my God. Mr. Burns is advocating for murder and for yes. Mr. Smithers to commit suicide. Why would Mr. <laughs> Smithers have to uh, kill himself? He's not going to uh, say anything. I know. I feel like he'd know about the mutant, mutants with flippers. Already. Yeah. Um, and he's like, now, regardless of what this thing is, it's a priceless scientific find. So our most pressing concern now is determining who owns such a valuable skeleton. And I'd like to suggest that I do. And the crowd clamors in discontent. Actually, the, the the person that would own the skeleton would be the people who own the land. And yes. I'd assume that the people who own the land are the mall people. Yeah, but they're nowhere to be found at this point. They're just they're just seeing this hoax play out. Yeah. And uh, so Sideshow Mel's like, I'd like to hear from Lionel Hutz. <laughs> and Hutz is like. Well, it's a thorny legal issue, all right. I'll need to refer to the case of finders versus keepers. <laughs> so that'd be Lisa, right? Yeah, she found it. And Ned's uh, like, oh, we can work this out, friends. In the spirit of sharing, let's say we simply place the sacred bones in and we hear a car horn blares. Everyone turns to discover Homer has tied the angel bones to the roof of his car. Damn, everybody was so distracted that Homer was able to lift that thing by himself, put it onto his car by himself, 
and start the car. Well, it probably doesn't weigh anything because remember, it's a planted object. I don't know. That was meant I, to be I, found. I doubt any of it's real. It's not fossilized rock that would make it heavy. No. I want to know how they manufactured this thing so quickly. That too, yes. And Homer's like, so long, suckers. Also, but here's the thing. When when we see it towards the end of the episode, or like middle half of the end of the episode, why went like, I mean, never mind. I, I've, I'm asking a dumb question. Um, so, um, so now we see Homer has brought the angel inside the house and Marge is like, what are you doing? And Homer says he's locking it up safely in a safety deposit closet. Yeah. His other valuables. So here is a list of the items in Homer's safe deposit closet. They include Flanders antique three cornered hat and the town crier bell from Lisa, the iconoclast. A six-pack of Billy Beer from the auto show. Homer's boxing gloves from the Homer They Fall. Homer's Grammy from Homer's Barbershop Quartet. A bag of Farmer Homer's Sweet Sweet Sugar from Lisa's Rival. <laughs> I feel like that nice. would have been that would have gone bad by now, right? I don't think sugar really goes bad. Oh, it can go bad. Everything can go bad except for honey, as long as it's sealed correctly. Um Homer's white cowboy hat from Colonel Homer. A, I love this one. A box of Mr. Sparkle. Yes. From in Marge We Trust. That's great. This is all, I don't know how they got this back. The animatronic heads of Itchy and Scratchy from Itchy and Scratchy Land. <laughs> I mean, I, um, uh, well, maybe it was a souvenir for helping save the park. Maybe. Uh, the helmet to Homer's spacesuit from Deep, Deep Space Homer. So Homer stole that from NASA. Nice. Uh, his Mr. Plow jacket from Mr. Plow, which I don't, I, I believe we see this jacket one other time, but I could be We do, wrong. but it winds up in Homer's closet. Okay. Uh, the shirt from his Dancing Homer days from Dancing Homer. And a bowling trophy from Team Homer. Now, I'd like to point out that in previous episodes this has just been a closet yes and i think future episodes it is just a closet no no no. just for this episode he turned it into a safety deposit closet (laughs) fair enough um and so homer's like i'll leave this here for a few years and let it appreciate in value bart's like homer those bones are probably a million years old it's as valuable as it's gonna get (laughs) i mean bart is correct Yes. And uh, Homer's like, and he's like, that is what they said about the Billy beer. And so Homer opens up a can and he opens it. He drinks from it. He goes, ah, we elected the wrong Carter. (laughs) Uh. Uh. So Homer and Marge are now watching TV and Kent Brockman. uh, We we can hear him say, uh, saying what is next? He goes, a hilarious boat giveaway scam. That's Springfield's dumbest criminals. <laughs> and Homer chuckles and he's like, that sounds like good watching. Homer, you're going to be in that episode. <laughs> yep. I like the oh fact that they, that they filmed the whole thing, too. Yeah. So back in the day, uh, me and my buddy used to watch. Uh, it's still around. I think it's just reruns at this point. But um, it's uh, World's Dumbest Criminals. It's like a top 10. It's like. Danny Bonaducci and like D-list celebrities are on it. 
And we used to watch it every Thursday and we would call it Dumb People Thursday. Because <laughs> these people are just so dumb. Well, I mean, um, Cops has been around for years, too. I don't know if Cops is still around, but... I think Cops doesn't air i mean i think the reruns still air but i think they stopped making new episodes of that like 15 maybe even 20 years ago all right uh, but i think they still play the reruns uh but yeah those are those are great shows to watch if you're feeling down about yourself because you're like at least i'm not that dumb and so the doorbell rings and march goes to answer the door and ned is there with the family and he's like we'd like to share uh, we'd like to share a blessed prayer with the angel and only as long as if it's okay with you guys. And Homer yells from the other room. He's like, get your own angel, moocher. <laughs> <laughs> and that is like, all right, thanks anyways, Homer. And they, they walk off and Marge closes the door only for the doorbell to ring again. And Marge opens the door and Agnes Skinner is there. And she's like, sorry to trouble you, but I'm, going in for surgery tomorrow. And I'd wonder if I could rub the angel with my foot for good luck. It's foot surgery. And Homer's <laughs> like, hey, I'm trying to eat here. Beat it, peg leg. <laughs> uh, that's great. Yeah. And Agnes, Agnes calls Homer a jackass. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, bye, Marge. <laughs> so they made up after the whole pretzel incident. So, yes, that's good. So Marge begins to walk away from the front door. But she gets a feeling and opens the yeah. door to see a lot of townspeople there who want to see the angel. And yeah. Lenny, Lenny tells her, he's like, I just want a quick look-see. I'll pay you a dollar. <laughs> and Homer says, a buck, eh? That gives me an idea. And so he only charges people in Springfield 50 cents to see the angel. <laughs> Instead of, you know, a dollar. a dollar. Yeah. Or more. I mean, yeah. fuck, a dollar? Times, you know, maybe a hundred some people from the town. That's, a, yeah. that's like a hundred bucks you just made for doing yeah. literally nothing. Yep. And that, that see, that Homer always has his quick, get rich uh, quick schemes. Yeah, but this isn't a quick get rich scheme. It's a let's <laughs> not make any money scheme because I'm a moron. Yeah. So uh, Homer sets up the angel in his garage with lights surrounding it. And we get car dice above it. And Homer also covered up the angel's special area with a leaf. <laughs> and uh, Lisa's like, Dad, it's not fair to claim this thing is an angel. There's no proof of that. And Homer's like, no one's calling it an angel, Lisa. If you look carefully, you'll notice I never once used the word angel. <laughs> and Lisa points to a big sign that reads angel. It's like, well, what about that sign right there? That's a typo. What was that supposed to say? Angle? Angle, yeah. Come see the angle. The right yeah. angle. Yeah. Um, and uh, Lisa asked Homer uh, to let her take the skeleton to a museum so they can run tests and prove the skeleton is not an angel. And Homer says no, because they can lose out on bags and bags of money. They're already losing out on bags and bags of money because Homer isn't charging more. Yeah. Homer's like, it's sacrilegious. <laughs> Mm, sacrilegious <laughs> um and lisa sneaks into the garage at night and breaks off a piece of the toe to bring it to the museum and so she goes to the museum we see a sign out front of the museum of natural history now hiring stuffers <laughs> someone's got to stuff those animals yep 
And uh, Lisa walks into the museum. She sees a whale hanging from the ceiling. It says, uh, the whale looks so lifelike. Because obviously at all the museums, usually yeah. like when you go in, it's always something yes. big, like a T-Rex, yes. the whale, um, big giant stingrays. I've seen a lot of stuff in, in museums. And then yeah. uh, a couple of workers dropped out from the ceiling to spray and feed the whale. Well, yeah, so it's real. It is. Well, let's uh, keep it wet and alive. Yes. Um, so Lisa goes to the office of Stephen J. Gould, which is voiced by Stephen J. Gould. Yeah, I have no idea who he is. Couldn't have got like Bill Nye or uh, was it Tyson Degrassi or well uh, Neil, Degrasse, Neil Tyson, Degrasse Tyson? I don't think he was that big of a name in '97, but Bill Nye for sure would have been great. Yeah, they could have got a maybe a maybe. I'm guessing this Stephen Jay Gould guy was actually a real. Well, okay, Bill Nye's a real a, scientist. Okay, but a real like scientist, not like a TV scientist. Yeah. I guess I don't know. They yeah, he's, got, an American, uh, he's an American uh, paleontologist and evolutionary oh, biologist. That so makes I guess that, okay, makes sense. that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, he, um, by the way, he's been dead for 20 years. Geez. So this was like his basically last appearance in a lot of anything. Yeah. He died in 2002. Yeah. Geez. Don't go on the Simpsons. You'll die five years later. He was only 61. Pretty yeah, he's pretty young. Um, so he says there's so, there's something is astonishing, and one of the most singular specimens he has ever encountered in a distinguished career. <laughs> and then he pushes aside his microphone uh, microscope and says, ah, "Enough about my work." <laughs> <laughs> that egotistical <laughs> bastard. Yeah. And he asks Lisa what she wanted to show him, and she shows him the bone scraping from the skeleton she found. Or more or less the physical bone, not just the yeah. scraping. Yeah. Um, and Ghoul says, oh yeah, the so-called angel. And calls the whole thing a preposterous. And uh, Lisa agrees, because she's like, yeah, angels don't exist. You're a scientist. Angels don't exist. And Lisa says no one will believe her until she can prove what it really is. Yeah. And uh, Lisa asks if uh, he could do a DNA uh, test. And he says... He can, and he'll have the results the next day. Yeah, that's not how that works. Even even with our technology nowadays, it still takes about three to five days. Plus, you're getting DNA off of a bone. I feel like it's going to take longer. Especially a fossilized one at that. Yeah, because I don't know how much bone marrow is actually left. Yeah. And so Lisa thinks the scientist, but she says, I can't afford to pay you. It's like, I didn't become a scientist for financial gain. <laughs> Yeah, Ghoul tells Lisa, whatever little money she has will be just fine. <laughs> uh, uh, that's great. Yeah. Um, so back at the Simpson house, Carl is arguing with Lenny, where Carl says it's the angel of peace, and Lenny says it's the angel of mercy. Jerk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lisa interrupts and informs the crowd that she took a piece of the skeleton for scientific analysis. And soon, they'll have all the facts. Yeah, and uh, Ned's like, you did what? And the crowd is not pleased with Lisa because, you know, they're, it's all like, to them, it's all faith-based and they, they don't want to know. Yeah. Because, um, like, obviously, if it's not really an angel, it's going to shatter a lot of dreams and faith and beliefs. Um, and Homer scoffs. He's like, facts are meaningless. 
You can use facts to prove anything that is even remotely true. Facts, schmacks. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that's what facts do. They prove the truth. Um, so Dr. Gould runs to the Simpsons garage, and Lisa asks what the results were, and Gould's like, they were inconclusive. She's like, well, if they were inconclusive, why did you come running into the garage? He's like, uh, I need to use the bathroom. Yeah. Lisa's like, points into the house in there. And so Ghoul goes inside to use the bathroom. And so now Reverend Lovejoy gloats. And she, and he's like, yeah, it appears science has faltered once again in the face of overwhelming religious evidence. Oh, my God. God. No. No, no, no. And Lisa tries to talk, but Mo interrupts, and she's like, go home, science girl. I'm already home. <laughs> I'm already home. Good. Stay there. <laughs> I just like, I love how that like mirrors Homer's like, yeah. uh, maybe we should go home. Dad, we are home. That, that was, was fast. fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so Homer tries to sell the crowd Angel Glow Six. No one gets into heaven without an angel glow stick. That's like, I'll buy four. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wait, for so him, gullible. two kids, and Maude. Yes. Yeah. His math yeah, adds that's up. That's so gullible. Uh, so yep. Lisa goes in the house, and she's like, and uh, goes in the kitchen. And she's like, man, those morons make me so angry. And Marge, uh, you know, she's like, I understand you, Lisa, but I would appreciate if you didn't call them morons. And Lisa says, they are morons. What grown person can believe in angels? And Marge is like, well, I do. And Lisa's like, you? And Lisa says, Marge is an intelligent person. And Marge explains that there has to be more to life than just what they see. And everyone needs something to believe in. Yeah. And Lisa believes in science. Yep. Like, you know. And Lisa says it's not that she doesn't have a spiritual side, which she kind of does because she's also Buddhist. I don't think she's, we've got, have we gotten to that part yet where she becomes Buddhist? No, not yet. Um, so, but I mean, eventually we'll get to there, but yeah, she's a little bit spiritual. Um, she does believe in Christmas, uh, you know, uh, she just finds it hard to believe there is a dead angel in the garage. I find that hard to believe too, because if it was a dead angel, it would be in heaven. I don't think that's the point. It fell from heaven. Oh. And uh, Marge tells Lisa that if she can't make a leap of faith now and then, Marge feels sorry for Lisa. And Lisa tells Marge... But she did kind of have the similar thing when she became a vegetarian. Like, everyone just kind of bashed her for, like, she was doing something stupid. Yeah. Well, she also did ruin that pig. Yeah. So, she's... It's weird with Lisa. Like, yeah. this is just another one of those episodes where she's kind of the main character. She has a lot, you know, of, uh, what is that word? Like, she wants people to actually, like, be with, like, her and, and go yeah. with her ideas, and everyone's completely against it. Yeah. Uh, you don't win friends with salad. Um, <laughs> And Lisa tells Marge not to feel sorry for her, because Lisa is the one that feels sorry for Marge. Um, so we get smart line, the Springfield angel controversy, the guests making her 13th appearance, <laughs> Lisa Simpson. And so uh, it's like, Miss Simpson, 
how can you maintain your skepticism in spite of the fact that this thing really, really looks like an angel? <laughs> oh, man. And Lisa tells Kent that she thinks it is a fantasy. Uh, she uh, asks, if you believe in angels, why not unicorns or sea monsters or leprechauns? Hey, you leave the Loch Ness Monster out of this, even though that's technically a myth. It doesn't really exist because the lake is too small for it. Um, Look, she's and, an eight-year-old girl. How do, how do we know she doesn't believe in unicorns? Uh, she believes in Malibu Stacy. Exactly. At least she used to. Uh, and Ken tells Lisa, eh, it's just a bunch of baloney. Everyone knows that leprechauns are extinct. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so Lisa says they can either accept science and face reality, or you can believe in angels and live in a childish dream world. I kind of feel like this episode really is aged well because we're still kind of in this reality where, like, especially here in America, where, like, half the country knows the facts, sees the facts, understands the facts, and then there's another half that are like, well, no, that's not true because you're saying it's true. Like, yeah. it's just like a class of I clash of ideologies and everybody needs to be open to listening to everybody else. And this is not happening. Yeah. And the whole uh, religion versus science thing has been something that's been going on for years. So I don't think, I don't think it's ever going to end. And if you talk to a lot of scholars who have studied religions and like, even like there are a few like people out there, like rabbis and priests and nuns that will say that yes, religion and science can coexist. Because I'm just going to take the easy example, the Big Bang Theory. In the in the Old Testament, it's, hey, God said, let there be light, and there was light. Is that not just a metaphor for the Big Bang? Sure. Like, like th- those two ideas can coexist. You can, you can say to yourself, oh yeah, God created the Big Bang, and then there's the Big Bang. And that's, that's science. So there's no reason the two things can't coexist. Sure. So now uh, we see some of the town is watching Smartline at the church. <laughs> Great. And yeah. uh, Mo says that uh, what has science ever done for them? And asks to be that he's like, TV, turn off. Like it's an Alexa or something. No, he, I asked, he asked somebody to turn the TV off. No, no, I don't think anyone. I rewound this to watch it because I wanted to see if he turned it off. I didn't see anyone with a remote. I think he was like, turn the TV off. No, somebody, TV, hand, it was a hand one. Somebody turned it off. No, watch it again. No one turned off the TV. I watched it. I rewound it because I wanted to see if Mo turned off the TV since he was standing right next to it. No one turned it off. It, well, then it it's just, an animation error. Or it was a, a Alexa TV for science. Because uh, what has science ever done for them? <laughs> well, it created a TV that could turn off by telling it to turn off. I mean, science is crazy, you know, and that's the other thing, too, with a lot of people who are religious and don't necessarily believe in science. Science has created a lot of a lot of things that religious people use. You know what? Just just to say this, (laughs) I'm going to go back. I'm going to watch it again later. Just to I want to see if anyone has a remote in their hand or not. I know for a fact Mo didn't touch the TV. I know that for a fact. I mean, there could be a remote. Because, look, I turn off my TV almost every day with my voice, so. Maybe the Simpsons predicted the future on this one. I don't know. But I'll rewatch it and we'll let you know next week. Okay. So uh, Ned says, science is like science is like a blabbermouth who ruins a movie by telling you how it ends. That doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> the 
it literally makes that's gibberish. Yep. And uh, Ned says there are some things they don't want to know. Important things. <laughs> like how the movie ends. <laughs> and the crowd agrees with Ned. Uh, and so Agnes says, enough talk, because it's smashing time. Oh, boy. And so the crowd goes to the Museum of Natural History and, you know, smashes a bunch of stuff. And uh, Mo beats up a woolly mammoth, only for the tusk to fall on him. And Mo's like, I'm paralyzed. I hope medical science can cure me. <laughs> so after bashing science, he wants science to help him. Yeah, seems about right. Yeah, that's about right. And so the mom now goes to uh, the Springfield Robotics Laboratory and throws a Molotov cocktail through the window. And uh, the building, you know, kind of like erupts. And we see a robot that comes out. And I swear to God, this is the same robot that Frank had his, at his garage sale. You know, I had yeah. that same thought, too. I didn't go back. I think you're right on this. Um, Maybe Floyd. this is Frank's robotics lab. He was like, it's uh, what was his name? Not Floyd. Frank? Floyd. Oh, Floyd. Yeah. Maybe Floyd's just helping out uh, Professor Frank at the laboratory. Yeah. (laughs) And he comes out and asks, why was I programmed to feel pain? (laughs) So I'm going to go with that's Frank's robot from uh, Fly vs. Fly. Maybe. Um, So uh, we see Kent is reporting and says, uh, technocrats are learning a lesson in humility as Angel supporters lay waste to Springfield scientific institutions. And we see Kent is standing in front of the Christian Science Reading Room. <laughs> wow. Uh, Which is on fire, by the way. Yes, yeah. Um, that's great. And so the Simpsons are watching, and Lisa says, she wishes I never found those stupid bones. And Lisa says, it's time to put an end to this. And Lisa's like, Bart, I'm going to borrow your crowbar. Good old Louie. <laughs> That's great. And March points out that Lisa is going to smash the angel. And Homer yells for someone to stop her because he's stop too lazy her. to get up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so Lisa goes into the garage only to discover the angel is gone. And uh, Homer's like, oh, no, this can't be happening. What the hell are we going to do with 10,000 angel ashtrays? And I was like, you could take, I'll, I'll t- I could take up smoking. It's like, you damn well better. <laughs> I mean, sell him really, yeah, you can sell him. I mean, really, he only needs one ashtray if he's going to take up smoking. Yeah. I don't think he needs 10,000 of them, but no, you know, that's just me. And Homer says, not to panic. And he grabs Marsh. And so he's like, stop panicking. <laughs> and Homer says, we need a replacement skeleton and fast. Bart, strip down to your skeleton. Uh, so fun scientific fact, if you survive, like if you were to strip all your skin away and were able to f- survive the initial shock, you would still die because of hypothermia. Probably and blood loss. Well, that too, but like, assuming you don't lose any blood from stripping away your skin, you would, you're, cause your body won't be able to regulate the temperature anymore and you would just die. Yeah. Fun fact. Thanks. Yep. Um, so, and Ned and the small group of townsmen come for the angel and Ned says, it's not safe with the unbeliever and points at Lisa. He doesn't believe. And most, uh, sees that it's gone and they're too late. And Quimby asks Lisa what she did with her precious angel. (laughs) (laughs) And Lisa, I didn't do anything. I suggest someone had stolen the angel. 
Yeah, that's the thing. She's an eight-year-old girl. I don't think she could move that by herself. No, and clearly it was stolen. Yeah. Or the angel just got up and walked away. Yes. Or flew away. Because it's an angel. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't stolen. Maybe the angel just went back to heaven. <laughs> yeah, but they don't know. Yeah. And uh, Lovejoy accuses Lisa of destroying the skeleton because he claims science could explain this, uh, couldn't explain the skeleton and takes the crowbar out of Lisa's hands. And Wiggum says the crowbar is all the evidence he needs. And he tells Lou and Eddie to arrest Lisa. Yeah, but you need a body. You don't have a body. That's right. I mean, there have been instances where people have been put away for murder without a body. But man, you need a lot of evidence. And a crowbar is not enough. Nope. And so Eddie puts handcuffs on Lisa and Marge tries to protest. And Bart goes up to Wiggum and he's like, he gives him some money. And he's like, give Lisa a nice sell. Something in the C block. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, Bart knows prison very well, I guess. Yeah. So we're at the courthouse. And uh, Lisa is charged with destruction of a historic curiosity, which is a misdemeanor. So why are they there? Because misdemeanors usually are just fines. Yep. And so Judge Snyder says, in a larger sense, the trial will settle the age-old question of science versus religion. He's like, time for opening statements. And we get the blue-haired lawyer, and he says, over the next coming weeks and months, Jesus, uh, he's going to prove that Lisa willfully destroyed. Uh, but before he can finish his statement, uh, he is interrupted by Lenny. He's like, look, the angel. And he points to it, and we go... We see out the window, it's at the top of a hill outside of the courthouse, and yep. everyone runs outside, and Snyder's like, not guilty. Um, yep. So so this scene in the courtroom where Lisa is put on trial for uh, stealing yeah. the skeleton is seen as a reference to the 1920 Scopes Monkey Trial in Dayton, Tennessee, which dealt with the issues of separation of church and state and the debate between creationism and evolution. Yeah. So, uh, but I feel like in this instance, they, it would just be declared no trial. Like the case would just be dismissed. There wouldn't be a verdict. Yeah. Um, Because clearly Lisa did not steal it. Yes. And so everybody leaves to go to the the angel and Snyder and the court (laughs) reporter are the only two left. And so Snyder's, you know, talking to the court reporter. He's like, um, as for science versus religion. I'm issuing a restraining order saying, uh, and he's like, religion must stay 500 yards from science at all times. Jesus Christ. It hurts my brain. That's great. Uh, So the townspeople are now gathered around the angel outside the courthouse. And Lenny's like, wow, you think it flew up here? Mo's like, well, it didn't ride up on no zebra. (laughs) God, these people are so dumb. Um, I mean, I get, I mean, I get that's the point. Um, and so Homer points out that there's now a message on the skeleton and that message says the end will come at sundown. Yep. So now we're getting the apocalypse. Yep. The and angel Homer, prophesized it. Yeah. And Homer's laughing. He's like, ah, <laughs> oh, oh, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> and uh, Ralph tells his dad that he is scared, too scared to wet his pants. <laughs> and Wiggum's like, just relax and it'll come. Yep. I don't think you want your kid peeing his pants, Wiggum. You ain't cool unless you pee, unless your, pants. You pee your pants. 
If peeing your pants is cool, call me Miles Davis. That's the <laughs> grossest thing I've ever heard. Um, Lovejoy says that even Lisa must now agree that they have witnessed a miracle. And Lisa says, hardly anyone could have written that message, which is true. true. And uh, Homer tells the angel not to listen to the child of Satan <laughs> and points out Lisa. But but he's, he's Lisa's dad. So would he be Satan in this instance? Yep. Yeah. And that goes, Reverend, I got to admit, this doomsday warning has me just a smidge Twitter painted. What the <laughs> hell that means. Uh, and Reverend Lovejoy is like, oh, now be calm, Ned. But be afraid also. Tremendously afraid. For the day of reckoning is upon us. <laughs> sure, give Ned more reason to freak out. Yeah. So now we go to Vatican City, where a cardinal is telling the Pope that... Uh, People from America have said that an angel has foretold of the apocalypse. And the Pope's <laughs> like, eh, keep an eye on it. Yeah. So clearly the Pope is not impressed. He's like, ah, this isn't real. Because he's the Pope. He knows when the end is going to come. Exactly. Uh, so He knows a miracle when he sees one. Yeah. So now we go uh, to the elementary school where Edna tells Skinner this could be their last day together. And she's like, how about a little farewell romp in the Garden of Earthly Delights? <laughs> and Skinner's like, oh, my sweet buttercup, you've read my mind. Uh, just give me 20 minutes or so to finish some tardy slips. Because, yeah, world's ending. We got to make sure those are done. <laughs> yeah. And so Marge prepares the family for Judgment Day. And Bart's like, why are we getting dressed up, Mom? Are we going to Black Angus? Bart's <laughs> <laughs> like, well, you might say we're going to the best steakhouse in the whole universe. So we're not going to Black Angus. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, and so Marge tries to fix Lisa's hair, but she's like, leave me alone. It's bad enough you're making me go to this stupid judgment day. <laughs> and and Marge pleads with Lisa, says she doesn't know what's going to happen, but she wishes her and Lisa can make peace before sunset. I mean, fair. Yeah. Um, and Lisa tells Marge, nothing's going to happen. Uh, I hate to disappoint you, but the world is not coming to an end. I mean, yeah. how many doomsday, uh, prophecies so far have we been like, yeah. well, let's told... see. We had Y2K. We had the end of the Mayan calendar. I mean, what? 20, there were 2012? Who... Yeah, 2012. Yeah. Well, or was that the Mayan calendar? That was the Mayan the... calendar. Okay. But you also have so many people going, oh, it's going to be this date or it's going to be this date or it's going to be this date. And they're always wrong. They're like, oh, well, I got the math wrong. It's actually like, look, the world is going to end when it's going to end. You can't predict it. That's right. So the townspeople gather on the angel as the sun begins to set. And Ned suggests singing a hymn. And Lovejoy just says, nah, <laughs> we're going to die. We're going to die. Yeah. And so Homer hugs Marge and tells her not to let her go no matter what. Because if they want you in heaven, you're taking me too. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, Wiggum tells people 10 seconds till sundown, and we see Patty and Selma take one last hit off their cigarettes, and Patty Patty says that they beat cancer. <laughs> well, they're dying anyway. Yeah. They beat cancer. Yeah. To to death. But yeah. uh they're gonna die anyway. Yeah. Um and Smithers says, you know, he's see he's sitting there with birds, like, oh, what the hell? And kisses birds on the lips. <laughs> Uh, and then also, I, I I do like this a lot because clearly this episode 
just got finished up after uh, Apu's wedding. And we yeah. see Apu and Manjula kind of huddled together oh, in the crowd as well. That. So I, I thought that was a really cool take just as, you know, obviously we always joke about continuity and stuff on the Simpsons, yeah. but the fact that the episode right after this one, whether it was meant to air right after, which I'm assuming it was, we have Apu and Manjula together in the crowd. So I thought that was really, really cool. Yeah. Um, and so Wiggum begins uh, counting down and the rest of the town join in. And uh, as the sun goes down, Lisa, you know, stands there silently. She's like, idiots. Yeah. And uh, the sun sets. And what do you know? Nothing happens. And the town breathes a sigh of relief until they realize that nothing has happened. I know. And Lisa begins uh, to give the town the old I told you so until she's interrupted by a male voice that says, silence. And the angel begins to rise into the air and everyone gasps. What is going on? And the angel says, prepare for the end. And we see Lisa hug Marge. She's like, okay, I have one issue with this entire thing. Nobody looked around the angel to see if anything was attached to it. <laughs> like, they're all, like, around. You, you would think one of the kids would be looking at it and be like, hey, daddy, what's that attached to its head? I mean, how far how far away were the mall people and the whole setup and the I mean, it wasn't that far away. No, I mean they were hiding behind some bushes, but like you're telling me nobody was curious enough to look <laughs> at all sides of the angel. No, they were staring at the. They were. It's like a magic trick when you're focused on something so much and so hard, you miss the trick. Like I feel like, but here's the thing: I feel like if I was Bart or Lisa, especially Lisa. I would have looked at that whole setup. Sure. Because clearly at some point they had to rig the angel up and clearly there's something on the back of the angel to loop rope through to, you know, rise it up. <laughs> like you're telling me nobody noticed that shit. Come on. Hey, Frank Grimes, you're thinking too hard. <laughs> so, uh, um, the angel continues and says, this is the end of high prices. And the town is now confused. Yeah. What? So the angel points out uh, the grand opening of the Heavenly Hills Mall. And we see the angel light up. And the suits from earlier are hiding behind a bush. And one of the suits tells uh, the people to follow the angel for all their shopping needs. Yeah. So it was a hoax. Yep. It was all a hoax. So uh, this publicity stunt created by the mall developers in this episode has been compared to scientific hoaxes such as the Cardiff Giant and the uh, Piltdown Man. I don't, don't know, know either what of either of those are. Nope, never heard of them, but that's where they got their inspiration from. And so the angel begins its descent. On, like, we see the rope that it's on, the pulley system, and I love how it gets stuck in a tree and a guy just comes out and pokes <laughs> it with a stick. Yeah. And so uh, Lisa confronts the suits about planting a phony skeleton for her to find. And she's like, it was just a hoax. And the the one guy's like, it wasn't a hoax. It was a publicity stunt. Well, technically, they're both correct. And so Lisa questions him that he exploited people's deepest beliefs just to huck their cheesy wares. And she's like, we're outraged. Aren't we, Wiggum? And Wiggum's like, yeah, so outraged. How how dare you? He's like, 
Look at all those stores. <gasps> they got a pottery barn. Does pottery <laughs> barn still exist? I believe I believe it does. Yeah, pottery barn's okay. still around. We have one at our mall. Okay. And so most most sees apparently they must have a sign out front or something because none of them are in the store. Um, because they're still at the top of the hill at this point. Mo's like, no. oh, everything's 20 percent off. Does that include rent spray? And the other guy's like, yes. Because <laughs> you know, most most uh bars infested with rats. Yep. Um, and so Agnes shows Mo's like, and they they all run off to the new mall. Yep. Um, so Lisa, Marge, and Professor Gould are still at the top of the hill, and Lisa's like, Professor, I don't understand. Why didn't your test show you that the skeleton was a fake? And Gould's like, I gotta come clean, Lisa. I never ran the test. Clearly. Because it clearly is going to take more than a day to uh, find out whether this thing is fake. You know, it's funny. I did some quick research uh, to see if Gould actually, like, if this was something he did in his life, like, yeah. faked, well, I either faked his scientific stuff or there was some... Because he did a lot of evolution work and did a lot of like, um, you know, like evolution theory, and yes. there was a few hiccups here and there in his career. So I don't know if this was a direct, mm. you know, knock at that or not. But it's weird that a scientist would come out and say, "Oh, I didn't run the test." Yeah, well, he knew it was fake, so he's like, "I don't need to run the test." Because yeah. even I think I I feel like in this instance. The thinking would be for him, well, if I run the test, people aren't going to believe me anyway, so why bother? Sure. Yep. So, now we see Smithers and Burns get to the mall, <laughs> and Smithers like, uh, sir, about that kiss, it was just a sign of my respect for you. And Burns like, uh, okay. And then he just kind of like does the eyebrow raise, <laughs> like, are you sure? Uh, gives him a side eye glance. Like, I'm going to so, watch you, dude. Yeah, so Lisa and Marge are the last two on top of the hill, and Marge tells Lisa that Lisa was right. Um, And she continues by saying that Lisa has to admit, though, that when the angels started to talk, Lisa was squeezing Marge's hand really hard. Okay, but I don't think Lisa was squeezing Marge's hand because of any religious thing. That shit's scary to an eight-year-old. Like, if I was eight, I would have freaked freaked out. out. Yeah. Yeah, just random talking? Yeah, that would have freaked any kid out. So... Mar- Marge thinks she's won, but she really hasn't. Yep. And uh, Lisa chuckles. She's like, eh, yeah, uh, I'm a little embarrassed. And she explains, well, you know, the voice was loud. Thanks for squeezing my hand back. Yeah, she yep. was just scared. Like, yep. I don't think she was scared that it was really an angel and that the world was coming in. And I think she literally was scared because it was loud. Yep. And so Marge tells Lisa anytime. And, uh, she calls Lisa her angel, and Marge and Lisa walk in the opposite direction of the mall. But you see a highway into the town, but the courthouse is in the town. Well, no. I mean, and we oh, see, because we no, saw no, it here's the, the hill. No, no, yeah. no. So here's the thing. We see the Simpsons pass the mall. It is in the middle of nowhere. The angel is outside the mall. There is nothing <laughs> around that mall at the beginning. Yeah. I don't know. The magic of the Simpsons town. Like I said, we'll put a pin in it. We'll see if we see this mall again. And uh, I declare the shenanigans. Get in the course. name of the mall. Like the Heavenly Hills Mall. I want to see the this physically on, on a building in the yeah. future. 
if they go to a mall, if they go to a mall, I want to physically see this name again on a building to see if they've continued it on at all. Yeah. So I absolutely love this episode. I was look. I've been looking forward to this episode quite a bit. Um, yeah. I love this episode growing up. Um, just maybe it was just me as a kid being skeptical of angels and finding skeletons, stuff like that. Um, I watch a lot of X Files too, so a lot of that kind of, you know, oh, is it real? Is it tr- was the truth out there? Sort of thing. Um, I love the yeah. opening. The opening's great with the boat. Um, I love the skepticism of the family there. Like I mentioned earlier, like that's a great beginning to the episode to show skepticism. Um, the, the actual dig site where we got Jimbo Kearney and Dolph, like in prison uniforms with their singing. Um, I mean, just Homer in general with the angel was absolutely funny. Him trying to, you know, it's kind of like, it's almost, I don't know if this was a true thing, but. Remember there was that angel that was like bleeding from the eyes. Didn't someone try to like profit off of that too? Probably. I can't, re- I can't remember, but I, I like Homer trying to profit off of idiots and their religion sort yeah. of thing. Uh, but yeah, I mean the message in this episode is absolutely fantastic as well. So I'm going to go five. Everything's coming up. Millhouse. Uh, definitely one of my favorite episodes of season nine. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, this is uh, I don't know. This is my favorite episode of season nine. It's, it's up there. Um, yeah, this is an excellent episode. The motorboat, the uh, religion versus science debate. I think they did a really, really good job of kind of showing the two different sides um, where, like, if you believe in science, you're not necessarily going to be religious. And if you're religious, you're not necessarily going to like science. So I think they hit that pretty well. Um, it's. I feel like this is a uh, South Park X episode without the vulgarity sure um so they did a really good job i loved it i love the safe deposit closet that was great um yeah i you know it's it's really good they did a really good job i like social commentary episodes and this was excellent um there's a few nitpicks here and there but overall really good episode five everything's coming up millhouse um cool. yeah so uh, let's finish it off once again with our character profile. And this week, we have the angel skeleton. So I'm going to say it right now, worst character profile ever. <laughs> uh, he was discovered in the Sabretooth Meadow. Oh, uh, what it is, a shameless publicity stunt that exploits people's most deeply held beliefs. Uh, what Homer uses it for, an exhibit in his garage, which he charges people 50 cents to view. And ultimate resting place atop the ma- main entrance to the Heavenly Hills Mall. I do like the name with the angel. Have, I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's funny. I wonder if they had the name of the mall locked down before Lisa even started this whole thing. Like, did she come up for the, like the publicity stunt thing? And they were like, hey, you know what? We could do this angel thing. And or maybe the name of the mall was already created. And they're like, oh, what can we do? to utilize this name to do a publicity start. I'm sure, I'm sure they uh, already had the, had the name picked out. All right. That makes sense then to do an angel. I like it. So, yeah. uh, you guys can come check us out on every podcasting platform. Um, you can talk, you can tell Alexa to come find us. You can do YouTube music. You can do a lot of different places, but if you listen on Spotify, please make sure to follow. 
Um, if you listen to us on Apple Music, make sure to follow us, give us a rate and a review so we know what you think of the podcast, and you can tell everyone else on Apple Music what you think of our podcast. Um, you can find us on our social media on Instagram and threads at the Simpsons Did It Pod, on Twitter, the Simpsons Did It PC. If you'd like to leave us some feedback, uh, you can shoot us an email, the Simpsons Did It Pod at gmail.com. You can also give us a phone call or a text message, 612-584-0986. And if you do call, listen to Jaden LeBron's uh, voicemail message and leave us a voicemail. So until next time, I'm Steven Sklansky. And I'm Robert Sklansky. And this has been The Simpsons Did It. Shh.